We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen. Joined, as always, on Fridays by Andrew Laird. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Helps people uh, find us, etc. If you could leave uh, a bunch of stars you listen to us during the year, that would be fantastic. Andrew, we've reached the divisional round. Four games. Four really good and interesting games, actually. Uh, you know, from a from a real football perspective, it's a really great slate. You know, maybe it got a little bit lessened when, when Pittsburgh lost from, like, a name perspective, but... Fun games, interesting games from a, a, a fantasy DFS perspective. It's tough. There's like we have like four really good offenses going against really good defenses, and we've got some elite offenses for elite defenses. It's a, it's an interesting slate to try and break it down from a fantasy angle. But uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, this is uh, this is when like it gets really tough because like value plays uh, get a little tough. But I was reminded last week that playoff uh, uh, NFL. DFS is one of those weird times where if you take a zero, you might actually be okay. Yeah. Um, depending on how many people get that zero, but uh, it didn't necessarily work out greatly last week. With uh, I mean, there were like a few zeros that <laughs> some people could have taken. This is uh, a that's clearly a John Brown. A little bit of a John I'm, Brown, I'm, yeah. I get, I'm getting you there. Um, but uh, it sort of makes you consider uh, whether it's worth taking a minimum price guy who might not do anything 
Right. Uh, in, like, why would you pay 5000 for zero if you can pay 3000 for zero? Uh, and so I think it's one of those situations where you probably don't want to do it, but there, you're going to find yourself in some where you're like, I really want all of these guys. And can these guys plus a zero get me there? And they might. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. We had so we had some it's some big zeros last week. Yeah, John Brown had like zero at four targets, and then Ronald Jones uh, hurt his quad in pregame, and no one really mentioned it. And then all of a sudden, Fournette played the first series. You're like, that's weird. And then Ronald Jones is on the sideline, and the Keyshawn Vaughn came in. And we're like, uh, okay, something's that's up. Bad. And finally, finally, the Newt Broadcast is like, oh yeah, Ronald Jones hurt his quad in pregame. He's he's question return now. We're like, no. Fantastic. Thanks There's for just that. like, um, like it happens in soccer actually a few times where it's like minutes before lock and you, somebody like pulls up lame. Right. But like usually that's something that people are paying attention to. And in the NFL, like they're on the field warming up. Yeah. And yeah. people are watching them. Like we, we have we have footage. Like they have video of them warming up. They always show it. The quarterbacks yeah. and stuff. And it's just amazing. Like nobody noticed that Ronald Jones suddenly like ran something and would, came up limping and was not in there anymore. It, it was – it was. Uh, it didn't happen very often this year, and I wonder if you know if there were fans there, if there were more media there, that would have changed a little bit. But uh, it definitely slid through. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there were people who were playing Fournette anyway, just right. because people do that. But like, what a gift! Oh, yeah, really was. Nineteen carries, and it's just yeah, not what you expect. But yeah. let's jump into uh, into this weekend. We've got two games Saturday, two Sunday. For the purpose of this podcast, we're going to make them one slate. Um, the DraftKings big contests are one slate. They move to that. Uh, FanDuel split them up a little more. There are some some two day slates, but their their bigger slates are Saturday and Sunday. But you know, I think the information is going to kind of be the same. But we'll, we're going to treat it as one slate. Whereas last week we broke it up with the, with the six games. They uh, the sites clearly broke that one up. But Saturday we've got uh, we got Rams at Packers. Packers favored by six and a half. Over under there is forty five and a half. Rams implied totals a little under twenty. Packers is a little over twenty six. This is a matchup, though. I mean, we got the highest scoring offense. We have the, the defense who have allowed the least amount of points. The Rams defense looked awesome against the, yeah. the Seahawks last week. The Seahawks game plan may not have been great, but the Rams defense had a lot to do with that. Aaron, Aaron Donald was everywhere until he hurt his ribs, and he sounds like he's going to play. Um, you know, that's obviously a major factor, probably the best defensive player in the entire league. Um, whether he plays or not makes a big difference to Aaron Rodgers. And you know, the Packers haven't faced a lot of top 10 defense this year. They only played four. They did score 30 or more points in three of those fours. They did well against good defenses. Um, the Rams last 45 possessions, they've scored four touchdowns. This offense is not good right now. It's struggling. Jared Goff is going to play. John Wolford has been ruled out. Um, interesting game. Like it's just one of those things like, you know, can the Packers offense score enough to make it so the Rams, the Rams offense really is a problem. Yeah. It's weird because like we've seen teams be very successful in the playoffs with like modest offenses, but like elite defenses, like that's, that's a thing. It is. It's just weird that like a Sean McVay team is <laughs> yep. that thing now. Um, like you, if they were both healthy, do you think Goff would start still? No. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't. Like, I don't know. Going into Green Bay, it's going to be like 19 degrees. Like, maybe you want the veteran presence there. But like, it was pretty clear last week that it was going to be Wolford if he was, if it was him and healthy and like Goff. You know, he came in and he was all right. Like the thumb, you could tell he had some throws. Like he let it go and like it just was gone. And I just you can't do that against a game in a game where you're facing Aaron Rodgers and yeah. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Like you just can't make the mistakes you can when you're making playing a team with Seattle where it's like actually running inefficient offense all day. But um, 
Yeah, it, I, crazy that Pete Carroll fi- they fired Brian Schottenheimer because they want to run the ball more and play slower. Like it, it's amazing. What's funny is that so Brian Schottenheimer, former offensive coordinator of the New York Jets, um, like I was thrilled when he left. Like they <laughs> yeah. were that, that offense was just like dead with him, and then all of a sudden, like the beginning of the season, you're like, oh, if this is what the Jets right. could have had, that would have been nice. Obviously, they didn't have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Russ. Yeah. But uh, to get fired for uh, playing to the strengths of your team and the future amazing. of the NFL, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. It's amazing. Robert Sala, though, you fired up? Very. I mean, like, nice. um, there I'm, was. Uh, I'm bummed to see him go, but very happy that he got a job. Yeah. And um, I, there's a little hesitation with the fact that he's bringing uh, Mike LaFleur with him because I wasn't, like, overly impressed by 49ers quarterback play over the last. Uh, season or yeah. two but um yeah they I mean, they were banged up i mean they were if you look back at stats though like it depends what you think of jimmy garoppolo if you think jimmy garoppolo is really good then you know maybe they didn't really do it but if you think he's just okay like then you know maybe they were maybe it was a pretty good uh, you know game plan with the quarterbacks and what they got from him so it depends there but um yeah it's an interesting mix obviously sala is a defensive guy and you want a really good offensive court that's really important but uh uh, if nothing else, a really good guy to root for. I think they'll play hard for him. I think he'll come in with a pretty good mindset. And um, what he did with the Niners defense this year, considering they had 77 guys on injured reserve, is uh, is pretty amazing. I mean, they were like by DVOA, they were a top 10 defense, which is they, they had a couple really bad games in there. But, you know, overall, they, they played really well, played really hard. And he had guys that, you know, were, I mean, Sherman didn't play most of the year. Nick Bosa got hurt in week three and didn't play. I mean, the, the list is long. D Ford never sees the field. But, um, did a pretty damn good job with, with what he had there. I'm, I'm really encouraged. The, the thing with the Jets defense for a while now is that they've had good players. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much this year or last, but like the 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 constant with the Jets defense is how dumb they play. Um, that like it's I think they lead yeah. the league in uh, roughing the passer or pass interference right. like every year, and they're just like extremely undisciplined. Whether it was under Rex Ryan, and we saw it again with Greg Williams that like. There's aggressive and then there's stupid. And that, they, that, if, that, if nothing else, that's going to be gone. That's right. And if that's gone, then that's great because that's that's what the Jets have needed for a long time. So speaking of the Jets, we got the AFC East. The second game is an AFC East. <laughs> I was wondering where this transition was. There, like there that, it is. <laughs> Ravens at Bills, I think, is a just a fascinating, great matchup. Like this is just the Saturday night game. Like this is one that you just want to sit down and watch. You've got, you know, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Bills are a two and a half point favorite. Over under is 49 and a half in this game. Ravens implied puts them around 24. Bills implied around 26. I tell you what, the bill the Bills are rolling. I mean, they had, they they didn't get the, the ball very much last week. Indianapolis uh, really controlled the clock. I think they had like 35 minutes of possession, but the Bills were still at 6.8 yards per play. Josh Allen still had three touchdowns and 320 yards passing and 54 yards rushing. Like he was still awesome. Stephon Diggs still got his. John Brown didn't get his. Um but the Bills allowed 470 plus yards to the Colts. Like what the Colts <laughs> might have been the best offense on, on, on that first weekend. Like I know it wasn't until the last game. I think Cleveland and Pittsburgh blew them away because that game got weird. But yeah. and Ben had 500 yards passing in that game. But like they might have been the most efficient offense that looked the best. It was it was the Colts? Like the Bills defense that first half. You're like, oh my god. Like I like this team. I was really fired up about watching them in the playoffs. And all of a sudden the defense did not look good. Be interesting to see what they do against Lamar because I mean it's it's a tough defense to prep for, tough offense to prep for. Um, Lamar's rolling right now. This is a fascinating game. Yeah, the 
it was something with the Colts, like the it was the most yards and most time of possession for a team that's ever that's lost in yeah. the playoffs. It, 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 you look at like their efficiency, their yard, like it was crazy. Everything, that yeah. Game, but there was no reason for them to lose. Good too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a completely different offense. Um, yeah. So like the. You, you, don't you, think Phil, like... you don't think Phil Rivers and Lamar Jackson are kind of the same <laughs> scout team? <laughs> um, it's not like you can just like throw last week out, but it, 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 there's no prep from last week that like helps you this week. And so, um, but it just seems like the Bills are turning into a team that like needs to score to win. Uh, and facing the Ravens defense is usually not the easiest thing for that. But um, I don't know. Ra- Ravens D can play. Yeah. Um, and so. Do you think this game ends up higher scoring than the uh, Rams-Packers? I do. So you just think the Bills put up enough points? I do, and I think you. I think you've got two sides on this uh, in this game that can they can put up some points. I think that you know the Ravens aren't like gonna you know go crazy in a carnival game, but you know they got enough weapons that they yeah. can score. They can score quickly. Lamar can make big plays. I just don't see it out of the Rams' offense at all right now. And, and the Packers' right. defense is not. Defense, Packers' defense is not great, but like. Jared Goff in the cold going there and like stick with Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to see that working out really well. Yeah. I guess the benefit is that we, we know that the bills and the Ravens, regardless of who they're playing, like can score 40. Can score. Yeah. Okay. I think can score is the key and the Packers can score on the Rams defense. I just don't know if the Rams offense can score right. it to anybody. Okay. That's fair. Do you have a team in this playoffs you're rooting for like actively? Is there someone that you really want to see it pull it out? Um, I mean, I know it's the Buccaneers, but like, I'll ask you anyway. <laughs> Um, I, it feels weird because, uh, of how much I hate the Patriots because they've like just dominated the AFC East. But like, uh, I have enough friends who are like Bills fans who I, who like, it's, I think the Bills Mafia is like one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Like, it's just like a, 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 a but, band but of clap of But clowns. stupid in a way you still click the videos. Every time. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think so, they're fun. So like the guy, I, with the one, the guy throwing the baby through the table last week. <sighs> The gender reveal. Yeah. What are you doing? I think it's they're so the bad. most fun team. And I so I think Buffalo, if, if, I think Buffalo, it would be nice to see Buffalo win. Yeah. And I tend to root for the fan bases that have been like really tortured and like they were really good and never won one. Like, great, they got to go to four Super Bowls and that's, you know, as a Jets fan, that probably sounds great to you, obviously. But like to lose four in a row is really like, that's really just torture right there. I think like, just like, close. like, I think we completely underestimate how hard it is to to make four Super Bowls yes. in a row. Yeah. Like that's it's, it's, it's like, yeah. making back to back Super Bowls is tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, losing them obviously sucks, but like it, that's that's crazy. But yes, I, I think they're, they're the most fun team. I think. I think I'm rooting for the Bills too. I mean, the Browns are kind of a fun story, but you know, I don't think we're. I don't think they're getting there. But I, I think the Bills of the teams that can actually make a run are, are my favorite team too. And. I've got some teams I don't like, and I, there's, it's weird. I usually don't dislike a lot of teams. Usually, a couple teams. I'm like, I don't really like that team. I'm not one who roots against teams, like in general. I don't. I, I'm a Fortnite fan, but I don't like hate the Rams. I don't root against them. The Seahawks was a good rivalry, and I root against them, but like, I can't stand the Saints. So it's hard for me because I it's hard for me to root for Brady, but I can't stand New Orleans. But like, do you? Sean, John Payton drives me crazy. I was gonna say, but you just like you can't stand Sean Payton. I can't stand Sean Payton. I can't stand the whole. The whole whininess of that pass interference call a couple years ago where they actually got the rules changed and their fans were, like, marching at Mardi Gras in ref uniforms. Like, just stop. Like, come on. It was a terrible call. Don't get me wrong. And I would have been pissed, too. But, like, at some point, it's four months later and you're still like, come on. Like, move on. It's just you get the rules changed. 
Peyton, and they had the whole. I don't know. I just uh, Saints do nothing for me. I just I'm not a fan. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Sunday games. We've got uh, the early game a little bit earlier in the morning. It's like a noon start here, so you know afternoon still for you. Uh, Browns Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by ten. Over under a fifty seven in this game. Um, that puts the Browns implied total about twenty three and a half. Chiefs about thirty three and a half. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely massacre them. Uh, I like I like the Browns. I, that's the game last week was great. It was fun that they won. Um, I just think this is like a perfect setup for Kansas City just to roll. That's exactly the situation. It's like the, it's the perfect opportunity for them to just dominate. And we see this so many times. The team off a of bye. The team that like is kind of a fun story that upsets someone. They come in and they just get rolled. They get, yeah, wrecked. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll see though. I mean, I probably people probably thought that last week, and they they played really well. And you know, Baker's not turning the ball over, which I think is key in this game. But I just I don't think they can stop them at all. I don't think they can score enough to to go back at them. We uh, I have like a little text chain with somebody. I mean, everybody does. And so we were talking about like when you're, they you're the only you're the only I'm one. the only one. Yeah, you guys should try it. Um, but like when they went down fourteen nothing, somebody was like, "Oh, you can get Steelers plus one eighty five live." Right. And I was like, "All right." And then they like. He went down twenty one. Like if you like them at one twenty, at one whatever it was, you'd love them at right. seven fifty. And then it was like plus eighteen hundred. Anyone? Yeah. And then like I actually went to like I didn't watch the second half. I'm like this is just worthless. I woke up the next morning. I opened my app and it was like Roethlisberger and I'm like wait a minute what? And I'm like oh okay Cleveland didn't actually blow it, but like right. they came close. <laughs> there was like a moment in there right before Mike Tomlin punted. Where it was like it was like they were down. I think they're down eleven or twelve. It was, it was two scores, but yeah. a little bit less than two touchdowns. And you're like, this could probably like if they score here, it's a, yeah. Cleveland might even might be so freaking just nervous and in their head that maybe something happens. And they punted, and you're like, oh. And as, yeah. again, as a Browns fan, when they punted, you must have let out the biggest exhale ever. Like, there's no way as a Browns fan you want them to go for that because if they get it, it's just, you're in trouble. And the second they punted, you're like, all right, this is done. Like it's just. It was and, that bad of a punt. And given the way they came back, like you absolutely thought they'd get it too. Yeah, for sure. They, they weren't stopping them at fourth and one at that yeah. point. Like it was a it was a four yard slant to Juju and they were moving on to first down. Like it yeah. was so easy. Um it just it was there were two punts last week that were absolutely inexplicable. Mm-hmm. Just and I know everybody gets mad, like, oh, the analytic people don't like this. I'm like, no, like common sense people. Like if right. you're a fan of the other <laughs> team and that punter comes out, you're absolutely fired up about that. And that's not analytics. I mean, I know the analytics says you shouldn't punt. I get that, but that's not analytics. That's like a being a fan and, and understanding that, oh my God, we just got a huge break. And like that should tell you more than anything else. Yeah, it's funny when the analytics actually agrees with the fan and yeah. they still don't do it. Yeah, it's that's hard to that's hard to top right there. Yeah. Like I get some there's like some go for two stuff that like I understand doesn't make sense. And you know, if you go strictly numbers it works and but it doesn't, you know, for a football way, maybe momentum and all that. I get there's, there's some of that. This was one that like everything lined up to 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 go for and they still didn't. It's just it's crazy. They deserve to lose uh, after that. It is that when when Tennessee punted, I was like, you know, Vrabel deserves to lose this game. Like yep. I didn't I didn't care who won that game, and I was like, they just deserve to lose. It's just terrible. Uh, last game of the weekend is uh, you know definitely the the big game from a, a Tom a Tom Brady Drew Brees standpoint. There's already nine thousand memes about how old they are and playing each other. But um, Saints minus three over under fifty one and a half. So uh, you know pretty good total there. Puts the Bucks at like twenty four and change. The Saints at twenty seven and change. Uh, New Orleans beat them twice. Uh, 34-23 was a good game, and they killed them the second game. 38-3 in a game where Brady could not do anything. That was a weird um, game. Weird game, and like snowballed on them fast, and the Saints just rolled them. Um, Tampa's been really good since then. They had yeah. like the one the one weird game where Brady only had a, a couple hundred yards, but like over he's averaging 327 yards a game since then, something crazy like that. 
Um, Tampa Bay's had 23 drives against the Saints in those two games, scored three touchdowns. It's just it's, – it's weird. I don't know if there's a thing there. I don't know if that game snowballed in them. This is a fascinating game for the fact that Tampa's been a different team since that game. And you wonder if New Orleans knows how to play them or maybe Tampa wasn't rolling that. It's a uh, – it's really – like I think by the middle of the second quarter, we're going to know the answer to that question. I just, I just don't know it now is the problem. I like how you glossed over that one bad Brady game as if we didn't both play him that week. <laughs> just, it hurts too much because I look at every other game. It's like 380 yards. You look at that one, you're like the, – the Minnesota game, it was terrible. Yeah. 345, 196, 390, 348, 399, 381. It's not even 300 yards. Like he's over 340 yards in all his games, over 380 in like three or four. And we had the we had the one where Minnesota had the ball for like 57 of 60 yeah. minutes or something. 23 like that. passes that game. Anyway. So, so um I like how this game, like the way we're the reason we're supposed to be excited for this game is because of how old they are. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, look at how old these guys are, and they're playing in the NFL. Um I don't the hate the Bucks. Brady, Brady's racking up stats. Yeah. Brady's not really I – mean, he's throwing some touchdown passes, but not like – like Brady looks like more peak Tom Brady than Drew Brees definitely looks like peak Tom to right. Drew Brees right now for sure. Brees you looks like his age. Bucks. You like the Bucks, huh? Uh, no, I was going to say I um, – like I can't stand Tom Brady, but I like the Bucks more than I like the Saints. I do too. I can't stand the Saints. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> I never thought I'd be a point – I, I want to – I was like, I hoping that like the Bucks and Packers matchup. I was hoping the matchups works out where I could root for teams. And like, I can't root for the Saints. I like Saints. It's funny things. I like Saints fans for the most part. I went to a Saints game two years ago and had a fantastic time. That stadium is way better than you think it will be. But from what you like would think about it and being hmm. kind of old, it's they've renovated it beautifully. Like it's a fun place. The fans are great. It's loud. Games are really fun there. I just Sean Payton just annoys me. Um. You know, so they say it's tough. Personally, it's just on Payton. Right. It's tough to beat a team three times. They say that, and then you look at the stats, and it kind of like works out like that. Yeah, maybe. it's just it's completely <laughs> random. But it always seems like it will. But it, it's a really interesting game, and the Saints' defense is really good. You got Michael Thomas back. You got Alvin Kamara back. The Saints' offense should be pretty good. And you've got Taysom Hill. When you have Taysom Hill, anything can happen. <laughs> God, I, I could, hate this team. I, I couldn't even say it. I, so yeah. Let, let's jump into it. We got uh, it, it works well because the first running back we're going to talk about is in this game, so it's a good uh, good segue in. Um, it's funny we have awesome passing games this week on the slate. Running back is uh, not nearly as interesting as it was last week. I thought last week like we had so many running backs to play. This week it's a little bit tougher. We've got Kamara at the top on DraftKings at seventy nine hundred nine thousand on FanDuel. Um, craziness. So Alvin Kamara had twenty rushes in a game zero times first four years of his career. He now has had over 20 rushes the last two games. Like, it just, it, and last week was off COVID. We're like, I wonder if they ease him in. They did not ease him in at all. He had 23 carries, 99 yards, a touchdown, two catches. Tampa has an elite rush D, though. We've talked to them a number of times all year. The 3.2 yards per carry, best best rush defense in the NFL. He has not done much running against uh, the Tampa in the, the first two games. Did have uh, 10 catches, 14 targets, but... I guess I, I think you have to figure out what you want to do with Kamara before you kind of build in the rest of the running backs. Yeah. Um, just looking at like basic DVP, uh, the Saints, Rams, and Bucks are three of the four uh, fewest running back uh, fantasy points allowed this season. Maybe stopping the run is a good thing to do in real football. It might matter. It uh, might matter. Then again, uh, I was looking at wide receivers as well. Uh, four teams on this slate are one, two, three, and four. Uh, and the Bills are six 
against uh, wide receivers. So like we have so some very good defense in general. Is a yeah, good thing, defense helps. Um, I think I don't think running back uh, necessarily needs to be prioritized on this slate. Um, I think it's a good way to put it. I there are plenty of guys you can play, and there's value at this at the position that paying up for Kamara against that run defense is not necessary. Now, I get it if you if you go that way. Um, and he's not fully just a running back, too, right? Well, that right. So it matters also. So I think you. I don't think you can necessarily like throw out the running production that he'll have. Right. But if you go in thinking he tops out at 40 rushing yards, uh, there are no props out yet. So who knows right. what they are, but um, um, it's going to be 58 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. 52 and a half. Okay. That's that even feels high. Um, yeah. So take those five points and add it to whatever you think he does as a wide receiver. And is that worth the second highest price as a wide receiver? Yeah. And obviously the, the, the big factor is, you know, if they get inside the red zone, get inside the five, he's probably going to run for touchdowns. So that's, uh, that's the big thing is like, if he rushes for a couple touchdowns, that changes that. But even yeah, I agree. I think I, what's that? Even with Taysom Hill around? Oh God. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I know you, I, I, you, you're kind of half kidding, but like you're not, cause they will literally run an end around for Taysom Hill and you're, you're just, just maddening. And, but um, I agree with you. I mean, he, you look at the wide receivers in that range and like, they're all studs. Like, yeah. We've got stud wide receivers on the slate. Um, as I was building lineups, I, uh, I, I weirdly found it tough to get Kamara in this week from what I wanted to do elsewhere. I, I totally agree. I, I just don't, I mean, the, the possibility that he absolutely crushes them is there because sure. You know, because he's insanely talented and right. He get a 70 yard touchdown pass and you're not, nobody's gonna be surprised by that. Right. Um, it's just that you're, you're doing it against a defense that like really, that he has to do it through the air. Yeah. Uh, which again, like he can, um, but you're just, you're just completely relying on that. And, um, and the other thing to me is if it's not like working running the ball, I don't think they're, they're going to stick with it and be stubborn. Like they're not the team that's going to run the ball. Like when they play the Vikings, the Vikings are like, the only way we can beat you is just keep running the ball. And if it's working, it's working. If it's not, it's not. I don't think they're going to feed Kamara if the running game is not working and the passing game is working. Right. Yeah. So um, the Bucks allowed 200 yard um, rushers this year. Or I know it, one was. I know one was Dalvin. So Dalvin was one, and I don't even know who actually ran the ball in Week 17 for them, because the Falcons apparently had 121 rushing yards, and I can't fathom it was Gurley. Brian, so. Brian Hill was nine for 94. There you Todd go. Gurley was nine for 18, which is about right. And Edo Smith was three for nine. Yeah. So I mean, and those are those are the two best rushing uh, outcomes against the Buccaneers this this season. So, um. I think if if you're comfortable enough with with Kamara as a wide receiver, knowing that you can get Michael Thomas for twelve hundred less, who is an actual wide receiver, um, then go for it. But like I, he was not a, like a building block for me. And just to be fair, Brian Hill had a sixty-two yard run in that game in the fourth quarter when they were down ten, and you know Saints probably playing the pass and all that, but. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that game either. And that was week seventeen, and the Saints had to win, but uh, that was one play. They had trying to count quickly here. If I did that correctly, 
12, including the wildcard game, they've had 12 games this season allowing fewer than 62 rushing yards to running backs. It's, it, they've been just... They're good. They're good against the run. So let's jump down to the other guys. we gotta play. got to play two running backs. Um, we have Aaron Jones at 6,800 on DraftKings, 7,800 on FanDuel. We have Nick Chubb at 6,600. We have Cam Akers at 5,700. So I'm going to keep those in the group, and then I guess you put J.K. Dobbins in there too at 6,000. Um, who jumps out to you this group that, like, if you don't want to play Kamara, you're going to drop down and, and play one or two of these guys? Um, I mean, you definitely play Chubb, right? I obviously I love Chubb. I know I don't can't tell if you're fully kidding with that question or not. But like not. the Chiefs run, the Chiefs run D is not great. Right. If you're gonna do something against them, if you're if you're the Browns, you go into this game. We have to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and limit Mahomes' possessions. The only way you really can do this. Right. They, they allowed four and a half yards per carry. They allowed 142 yards per total per game to running backs, which is bottom five in the NFL. Uh, they didn't give up a lot of touchdowns, but like a lot of yards, you can get chunk plays against them. And Chubb is just. Chubb's just really damn good. I mean, Hunt was good last week too, but Chubb is clearly the guy who, I mean, he's out, he out-touched him pretty good the last four weeks. Um, yeah, and it's weird to, to like a running back in a game where they're, you know, I think I, I think it's fair to say that there's a pretty good chance they get blown out or at least lose by double digits. Um, but the, the Browns have to feed Nick Chubb. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. Like, fantasy point-wise, the Chiefs allow the second most among the teams on the slate, second most uh, fantasy points to running backs. And that's important to note. Like, it's not, you know, if we had a 13-team slate, we probably would find different ways to go with running back. But there are a lot of good rush defenses on a very small slate. Right, right. Um, I just think, like, do you think Chubb is the most popular running back? Or it's a good question. I, I bet you, uh, I want to say Kamara still would be the most running back, but I wonder if Devin Singletary at 4,500 is going to be the most popular running back. I don't think so. Okay. I think it'll be a bigger name. Uh, I think it'll be Chubb or Kamara. Chubb or Kamara. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's right. So we got Aaron Jones in a game there. Seven-point favorites, uh, obviously going against a really good uh, defense also. No running back. Had 100 yards rushing against the Rams all year. There are only three that had 100 yards, 100 yards total. All three of those were in the first three weeks of the season. So the Rams uh, did not uh, – weren't really great stopping the run – stopping running backs the first three weeks. And then after that, they pretty much shut down – uh, Chris Carson was pretty good last week, 16 for 77. So, like, got some got some work done there. Uh, they don't allow a lot of explosive plays. Um, Jones is wild because he only had 17.7 touches per game. That was 12th in the NFL. But 5.5 yard, yards per carry, 1,460 rushing yards. So did a lot when he got the work. And we know how the touchdowns work inside the five. We've joked about that plenty all year with Aaron Rodgers stealing as many as possible. Uh, Jones at 6,800 is one of those plays that I think uh, make or break you. I think he, you can see a game where he's kind of quiet. You can see a game where he really kind of explodes in the second half. It's uh, he's a tough play for me this week. It's tough for me to figure him out. I think he's like the perfect GPP play. Yeah, that's um, a good that's a good point, especially with Chubb right there in price. The the, the upside is just so high with him, um, yeah. but the touches obviously aren't, and so um, we like. Wonder, him. Do you think that changes at all in a playoff game, like in wintry cold conditions? No, I think it only makes Aaron Rodgers think maybe I'll throw even more inside the five yard <laughs> line. Um, but I think it's sounds, true that, that like, sounds like Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Yeah, yeah I think um, I think there's every reason to think that Rodgers will continue to do what he's done all season, and that's not give Jones. You know, I think he, if they call plays for Jones inside the five, and Rodgers hears it, he's just like, nope, I'm not running that. Omaha, Omaha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we talked about Chubb in a game that's uh, not a good game script, regular for running backs. You're the same with Cam Akers in that game against Aaron Jones. 
5,700 on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel at the Packers. They are seven-point dogs, but they have clearly shifted their their philosophy right now to the run game just because the quarterback situation has been rough. Uh, Cam Akers touches the last five games, 22, 31, 15, 25, and 30. All other Rams backs in those five games, 29 total. So, like, there was a while there where, like, oh, Cam Akers is finally getting some work, and now it's like Cam Akers is the running back. He is yeah. who we feed. Um had a, a big game last week against Seattle, 28 rushes, 131 yards, two catches, 45 yards. Um, so what do you do with Akers this week? Uh, priced well in a game that, you know, we expect them, at least Vegas expects them to be trailing, um, you know, their six and a half point dogs. Uh, Packers are the worst defense against running backs this year in the, among the teams on the slate. Um, four and a half yard carry, and they got thrashed a number of times during the year that we talked about. Yeah, fifth, um, fifth worst in the NFL. So it's not like it's like, oh, they're the worst on this slate. It's like fifth worst in the NFL. Um, they give up like a decent number of running back receptions, um, which obviously like Akers has shown that he can play that way as well. Like I think Akers is just going to be really, really popular, um, both because he's cheaper than the other guys we're already discussing. Those touches, it's like really tough to get away from those. You just have to hope that the Rams keep it close enough um, that he stays on the field. I mean, obviously he'll stay on the field in passing situations, but like he's not going to get he's not going to get Camara targets. Yeah, he's not gonna get 28 carries if they're down, right. you know, 17 to three at halftime. But uh, do you think the Rams stay in enough for him to do well? I think he, you he does enough in the first half that like you feel comfortable enough. But that I mean, again, like that Rams defense is really good. Like they look great last week. They yeah, just everywhere, and they they play the pass well. Like this is a fascinating matchup from you know watching Jalen Ramsey. I don't think he's just shadowed Devontae Adams, but he's gonna get him on some plays. And you've yeah. got you know, maybe the best corner, maybe the best receiver in the same game. It's it's a really fun setup. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think Akers, um, uh, I think a lot yeah. of people will play him. I do too. I think that, I think he's going to be, and you get under 6,000, you're like, oh, I can get Cam Avers 5,700. Just kind of jumps off the page pretty yeah. well. I love J.K. Dobbins as a running back. I think J.K. Dobbins is great. I just hate the touches, and we've talked about this many times. I mean, he scored again last week, but he had 10 touches. Gus Edwards had eight. Um, I think that they Lamar's going to have the ball in his hands. Lamar had what, like 16 carries last week. Lamar's yeah. going to have the ball in his hands again this week. That's the way they've realized that's the way that they have to win games is, is with that. Um, he's very efficient. He's very good. He's very explosive. The Bills have had trouble with big run plays, but it's hard for me to get from from Aikens to Dobbers, Dobbins at a, at a little bit of a higher price when I just don't know the touches are going to be there. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly the, the situation. And we have two other guys, I think, one a little more firm than the other who should get Plenty of touches as well, but how about that Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins uh, GPP lineup? Yeah, you want to get you know two really good players that aren't going to be high percentages in a small slate. That's the way to do it, right there. Yeah. So we've got Devin Singletary at forty five hundred in this game against the Ravens. Zach Moss is on IR; he's out. Obviously, huge for Singletary, really bad for the Bills because Zach Moss is definitely you know a part of their running game, especially in the red zone. I think in a playoff game, like they obviously have to trust Singletary the most. Like you don't want to throw in another running back that uh, you know you don't trust in a game like this, especially against the Ravens. But the problem is against the Ravens. Then the Ravens defense is good. Um, Singletary played 39 snaps last week when Moss got hurt. He only had three carries, but he had three catches. Also, he's a good guy in the backfield. I think a lot of people are going to go to this because it's the starting running back on a team with a lot of points, and the other guy's hurt, and maybe now he's going to follow it. I just. He had three games without Moss this year. He had 13, 18, and 11 carries in those games. So they did use him a lot more when Moss didn't play, but that was early in the year. I just I want to get there, and I think Singletary's really talented, but I just don't know how, how they're going to use him this week. Yeah, I think the other problem is that he stinks. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think he stinks as badly as you do. Okay, that's um, 
That's fine. But I think he's. Think val- I think he's. A, I think he's a good receiver out of the backfield. I think he might stick as a pure running back though. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Is he better than Kareem Hunt? As a football player? No, no, no. Like on this slate, and oh, given okay. their situations, like why am I paying three hundred dollars less when I can just get Kareem Hunt? With the thought that the Chiefs get up and Kareem Hunt catches a ton of passes, or they the Browns are up and like he still gets involved regardless. Chubb gets his twenty-seven carries, but. Um, Hunt also gets 12 with, you know, four catches. It seems like he finds the end zone too, which is all the time it's, as a Nick Chubb, uh, man, <laughs> play all the time. It's been annoying, but, uh, do you think a lot of people are going to play Kareem Hunt? No, no. All right. I, I think Singletary would definitely be higher than Hunt. I like, I fully believe that Singletary will be extremely high and I yeah. don't know why. I mean, I know why, but I don't think it's right. Yeah, I think that, that that's fair. I wanted to get there on Singletary. And when I first thought about it, I'm like, 4,100, like you're going to play this. And I got closer looking at the numbers. And like, I felt a little, I felt not so good about it after looking a little closer. It's just the, um, the game script that you need for him to be really successful is just one I struggle to see. Yeah. That if the Bills are going to put up points, they're not going to do it through Singletary. If they have to come from behind, they don't do it through Singletary. And otherwise, you're relying on them giving him the ball a ton early on, which we've never seen. Like, it's not even that we don't, we haven't seen him do it, but like, we don't, we haven't seen them like establish the run anywhere. Yeah. And I was going to say, and they get inside the five and Josh Allen scores anyway. So you you lose that point too. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just think like you're better off with the potential upside of Hunt or, I mean, the whoever the Kansas City. However, that one breaks down the Tampa backfield. Like, why are we playing Devin Singletary? I was going to say, we have two running back situations that are just completely up in the air. We got Tampa and Kansas City. Um, Ronald Jones, we mentioned the injury last week. He's questionable. I tend to think he's going to play, but, like, I, I don't really know. I mean, he practiced uh, – didn't practice Wednesday. had a partial practice Thursday, which is kind of a good good progression at least. But the Saints are a nasty rush defense too. Like, they're really good against the run. We got Jones. We have Leonard Fournette, who looked good last week. 19 for 93, four catches. Your boy Leonard, I, I like the look in your face right now. Um, and then we got the Chiefs. Like, CEH didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Like, there was a lot of talk about him being ready for this game, and I don't know if that's going to happen. Le'Veon Bell has a little bit of a knee issue, too. Then you got, like, Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams, who, you know, Darwin Thompson went crazy in Week 17, but, like, that was no Mahomes, and that was a game that didn't really matter. I don't know what the heck you do with these two teams. My thought is maybe Fournette if Jones doesn't play, but I don't really want to go there either against the Saints. I just, I don't know. I might, I might be playing running back from the other six teams. Is Singletary better than Fournette? Yes. Yes. I, I think so. Wow. I just think the Saints rush D is going to kill Evan Fournette. But I, I mean, I think it's an argument. I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think that I, you can see a case where Fournette catches a bunch of balls too. I just think Singletary. I think Singletary's gonna be a little more, more involved in the passing game. Um, I don't really like either of them though. If, that <laughs> if I had to pick one, I'd take the four hundred bucks and save on, on Singletary. Yeah, I think it might be a week where people play a receiver as a flex in cash. Um, yeah. But otherwise, like Chubb Acres seems like a pretty easy one too. Yeah, I think this. I think that a lot of people are going to go there, and then maybe some people would go to Jones Acres or right. he's trying to fit Kamara, but it gets it gets tough. But let's jump into the passing games. I think the passing games are really interesting this week. But first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. 
That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use the promo code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in, in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or somebody have a gambling problem in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. So we got a lot of passing game options this week, Andrew. We got uh, we got the they got the Chiefs, they got the Bills, we got Lamar Jackson, we got the Packers, we have the Saints and the Bucks. Like this is a fun week for passing. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just play Patrick Mahomes on a lot of my teams. I love the matchup. Uh, I love the situation. Um, I think Mahomes is going to be absolutely bonkers this week. I think the the biggest question on the slate is if you're not playing Patrick Mahomes, why are you not playing Patrick Mahomes? And yeah, <laughs> and you look at him against Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, it's pretty much the same price. Like I know $6 is not, not totally the same, but those three guys are priced tier, close. Yeah. yeah. Those two guys are priced close, close enough to me that, um, I think I just, I just like Mahomes a lot more. Now, if I want to get different at GPP, I can see Lamar, I can see Josh Allen, but, um, I prefer Mahomes over the, of the three this week by a, a pretty decent margin. Right. The, the reason not to play Mahomes is because everybody's playing Mahomes. And in cash games, if everybody's playing Mahomes, you should probably play Mahomes. Like, yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the best way to say it right there. I mean, Mahomes is 316 yards passing per game, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions all year, you know, multiple TD passes in the seven last eight, 300 plus yards in six of the last eight. This offense, the passing game especially, is really rolling the second half of the year. Cleveland's bottom 10 in, in passing points allowed to quarterback. It just it all lines up. Um, you know, maybe think if they get up early, they, get, they ease off the gas pedal, but, you know, this is a playoff game. I don't think that's a, much of a concern. Um, Mason Rudolph had 315 yards and two touchdowns in week 17 against these guys. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and rest with that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't think there's any, anything else. I think, um, Mahomes will be like significantly more popular than, than the others. And then I think think you're going to see more popular than all of them or just than these, these other two guys, than all, than everyone. Like, I think he's going to be like far and away the highest owned. And then I think you're going to see some Lamar, Josh Allen, and I think there's like a significant drop off after that. Like um, playing like Rodgers or Brady. I think Rodgers and Brady are the two next ones you look at. Like I don't think anybody's playing golf and nobody's playing Mayfield. Um, even though the game script theoretically works better for Mayfield than anyone else. Should no one play Mayfield? Um, 5,300. If you yeah. want to rack up everybody else, you could do it. Like I think oh, yeah. there's a path to playing Mayfield. I mean – Breeze is 5,600 too. And I don't, I, I think I go Mayfield just like a game script, but like Breeze could have three touchdowns in this game easily. I don't think he'd have a ton of yards, but um, Tampa can't stop the run and they are, Tampa's really good at stopping the run and not so good at stopping the pass. Like it, it kind of lines up well for Breeze to be like, screw it, I'm just going to pass the ball 45 times too. Um, Weapons I get are all it. Back. I get it. But no, I'm not playing Breeze. Yeah, I, I think Mahomes is the dude, kind of the one like you look at, you're like, I'm just going to play Mahomes. And it seems, I mean, Allen's against the Ravens, Lamar's against the Bills. Like, you could see that game get a little back and forth, but like, those are, you know, the Ravens are a really good defense. And obviously, the Rams are really good against Rodgers and the Saints and Bucks. Like, it, Mahomes just like sticks out pretty far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why everybody's going to play him. Which is why everybody's going to play him. 
Josh Allen's been on fire, so this game's going to be really fun. Like, he had 324, two touchdowns, and 54 yards rushing and a touchdown last week. Um, the Ravens only allowed three guys over 300 yards passing all year long. In the NFL, that's pretty impressive. You can see everybody throws the ball. Yeah. It was Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, okay, all right, fine, and Dwayne Haskins. Sure. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Obviously, again, they were trailing and threw the ball a bunch, but – um baltimore will blitz so it's a question is if they get to him because josh allen's really good against the blitz but not so good if the blitz actually gets there like if there's pressure his numbers go way down a lot of quarterbacks do but his definitely go way down but he's really good against the blitz when it doesn't get there and he yeah. kind of identifies it this guy's open he's got weapons um i think the key to this game is you know the win the ravens blitz if they get there or not yeah i think it's much easier to convince yourself that one of those two guys has a big game than the ones below it like there's a reason they're more expensive but like I think we'd be much more surprised if Aaron Rodgers just lit up the Rams than we would if Josh Allen had another big game. And like the weird thing about Allen is that like he could Allen could have a Lamar type game where he throws for 275 and four touchdowns, you know, four short and rushes another one in or, you know, ends up with four total touchdowns. Um, And I just I'm struggling to see that out of any of the other guys below it. Um, unless like Mayfield gets to four because they they lose by 30. But if that's the case, then like Mahomes probably had a good game yeah. too. Yeah, and the thing with Allen is like you could see Lamar score enough where he, they could go start to go back and forth a little bit. If Josh Allen yeah. really gets going against the Ravens defense, which would be impressive. If Rodgers really gets going against the Rams, like they're going to run the ball in the second half because the mm-hmm. Rams are not scoring 35 points in this game. Whereas, you know, the Ravens could score a bunch of points in this game. So if you want to go... If you want to go back and forth, I think the Ravens, Bills, you know, way more likely to go back and forth than, than Packers, Rams. Yeah, totally agree. And uh... so, what do you let's look at Breeze and Brady then? We got Breeze is fifty six hundred, Brady sixty three hundred. Um, Brady was horrible last game facing the Saints, like horrible. That game was awful. He it was, was terrible. Weird, weird the run. running game they had like five, eight yards on five carries, or the other way around. Like it was, it set a record for mo- least amount of rushing attempts in a game. Like. It was a crazy game, but he has been rolling lately. We, we joke about it with the, we had the one game that was bad, but 345 yards plus plus the last four weeks. Like, that's a big number. 380 in three of those four. Like, they are throwing the ball a ton. He has three number one receivers right now. You probably, I don't know if you want to call it Brown number one or not, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it for the purpose of this. But three really good receivers. He has a tight end that isn't used anymore, but in the red zone. Like, all the weapons are there for Brady to do really well. And, you know, it's hard to guard all three of those guys. Um, the Washington defense is good. He had 381 yards and two touches of them last week. So like he clearly stepped up against them and they did not get there on the rush. They did not get there. Um, cause we know that Brady struggles big time. He does get pressure. Um, no quarterbacks have been over eight yards. YPA against the Saints since week seven. Like this defense is playing really well right now. You have any 300 yard passers they allowed? Uh, probably not very many. Zero. Wow. Zero. The Saints all year? Zero. It's funny. I looked it up the other direction, but I didn't look it up that way. That is, in today's NFL, that is an, an absolutely phenomenal stat. They allowed, um, they allowed multiple touchdown passes twice since week nine. That, that like that's crazy impressive too. And they played. They played. Mahomes had. Well, Mahomes had two fifty four on forty seven attempts against them. That's wild. He was one of the three touchdowns, and of course, the other one was Kirk Cousins. Of course. Kirk Cousins rolling. He had 291 yards in that game, too. That's yeah. an impressive game. Yeah. Minnesota played them. We, we joke about that game. Minnesota played them uh, played them really well. They did. They did for sure. Um, Minnesota played New Orleans and Tampa pretty well. That's weird. Like It's, it's, it's a weird team. For the team for the teams they lost to, the fact they played New Orleans and Tampa pretty well is, is, is kind of interesting. Yeah. 
make, makes you feel promising or it makes it, you know, feels promising, I guess. But anyway, um, I just struggle to see Brady being the first 300 yard passer against them this year and having like enough touchdowns, like the upside of Mahomes plus the potential upside of Allen and Jackson is just so much higher that I think so. I just, I mean, obviously this just means go play Brady in tournaments because there are plenty of reasons not to play him. But for the price, like, I'm not sure I need to pay a thousand more for Brady than Mayfield, given the way that the Browns have been playing or that he's been playing. Um, Obviously we expect Chubb. I'd play play Breeze over Brady too. Sure. Seven hours less. I think I go Breeze. I mean, realistically, they could basically have the same type of game 260 yeah. and three touchdowns like that's the upside of both of them yeah yeah i think that's fair and if they get there like that could that, at the price that could work if you you know if you hit on some other guys that are you, you other people can't play with mahomes but the mo- like you mentioned the ceiling on the top three guys is so significant yeah i mean they're just like not that many really expensive players on the slate where like paying down so much for a quarterback gets you a lot Unless you want to play like two of the stud receivers with Kelsey or something like that, like there's there's some ways you right. can get yes. there. But right. the problem is if you play Hill and Kelsey and don't play Mahomes, then like you're behind the people that stacked all three, and like it just it it gets a little bit tough there. But That's um, who do you think wins this game, Saints Bucks? Um, it's the Bucks, man. Like Tom Brady isn't so? losing the playoffs. I think the Saints beat them. Okay, I mean, yeah. It's like a coin flip, basically, to me. I think the Saints beat him. Like, unfortunately, the Saints beat the Packers the week after, too. Ooh. Yeah. That's fun. Not for me. I don't like the Saints. Well, yeah, I mean. I <laughs> so let's get into wide receivers. Wide receivers are interesting because we have three, like, of the elite elites at the very top here. But one of them's priced down, which is interesting. Uh, not on FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel, the top three guys are 9,800 all packed together. On DraftKings, Devontae Adams, 8,600. Tyreek Hill's 8,000. Stephon Diggs is 7,300. Like, that's a pretty deep drop for the guy who led the NFL in catches and yards. But um, Adams at the top, 8,600. Um, you know, he he had 25 points, uh, PPR points per game this year. Highest since oh, 1995. Uh, do you know who set that record in 1995? I, I do because I responded <laughs> I said, to, uh, I think, Scott Chanowski posted asking, it. I'm asking you the question. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Uh, the, the thing that I remember about that, that Jerry Rice season is that he had something like 22 touchdowns on 62 receptions. Like it was a, it was an absolutely bonkers PPR season. And I, it was like, wasn't it like 62 receptions or something like that? Well, they had, it was the strike year. So they only played um, 12 13 games. games or something like that. Yeah, 12 or 13 games. So like there, it was the, the number of touchdowns is insane because it was, I'm looking at it right now. It was, 22 touchdowns on 65 catches. 65 catches, yeah. So 65 catches and still like the highest PPR average. Like 12 uh, 12 games played, 22 touchdowns. <laughs> that's wild. And that that's not even that's not even the year we're talking. That's 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 87. That's the, the really bonkers year. The 95 year, which is the PPR points per game was 122 catches, 1858 yards, 15 touchdowns yeah. in 16 games. Like that's uh That'll work right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, don't play Adams. Adam, Adams' year was historically good is what I'm trying to prove. It's I think it's happened five times ever, the 25 uh, PPR points per game. Um, 18 touchdowns in 14 games, 25 touches last 22 games. 
But this is a Rams defense. We talked about last week, give up 100 yards uh, receiving to one person all year. My boy Debo Samuel. Uh, DK Metcalf did have five for 96 last week. The last one was kind of like garbage time, and the one deep one was a broken play, but still got there. Got five there. Five two scores. Um, the Rams lead the NFL in yards per target and touchdown rate against wide receivers. This is a – you're talking about the best – the best best pass D, the best passing – the best receiver in the league right now, the best guy, the best year. Um, Adams versus the secondary is – like as a football fan, going to be really fun to watch to see what they plan up and kind of scheme and figure out. There's no way I play him unless I play Rodgers. I think that's a really good way to put it. Like naked Devontae Adams is, has no place in a lineup for me. None. Uh, I agree. At A600, I think you only play him if you're stacking. stacking mm-hmm. like I, I, you said it perfectly. There's just – I think you're better off – I think we're going to see a ton of Mahomes-Tyreek Hill combos. Um, and if you're playing Josh Allen, you should play Stephon Diggs. Like it's very, very easy combinations there. Um, and because Rodgers is probably going to be the lowest owned of those three, then Adams might be the lowest of the three receivers. But straight, straight up, do you like do you like Hill or Diggs most? You know, not not going in the stack. Like if you had to play one of them, one of these three, um, sounds like it's Hill or Diggs. Who would it be? Uh, I sided with Hill, uh, which is more just the uh, matchup. Like I think Hill will be able to do enough, even though Kelsey's going to do a ton. Um, even though, and Diggs is like the very, very clear number one for for Buffalo. But against that Baltimore defense, I think I'd rather just take the guy who's playing Cleveland. I mean, you got to think Baltimore scheming to, to sure. against it. Like, I mean, they, they're smart. They know what they're doing. The crazy thing with Hill is that, like, start of the year, we're like, you know, Hill can go off for 200 yards, three touches any game, but, you know, doesn't always go off. That changed in the second half. He had 11-plus targets the last seven games. You're going to get that level of explosiveness plus the targets. Like, suddenly you have a floor and a ceiling and just, I mean, Tyreek Hill, 87 catches, 17 touchdowns. Cleveland was bottom half in the NFL to, to in points to wide receiver ones. The crazy thing with Cleveland, they allowed 17 touchdowns on downfield targets, which is 15 yards or more, which led the NFL. Tyreek Hill had nine of those himself, also led the NFL. Like, this is a, a prime situation where he scores deep touchdowns. Cleveland gives up a lot of them. Like, they're going to take some shots. And Andy Reid, I, I, I promise you, if I know that stat, Andy Reid knows that stat. <laughs> um, I guess the only hesitation is that they, like, he wasn't great down the stretch. Like, he had the targets, but, like, the yardage-wise – it was pretty weak, um, which was like exasperated by the fact that Kelsey had 300 yards every game. Um, so, like, that's the only hesitation I have. Say but, that he kind of did have that. It was yeah. crazy. Um, but I can think, I tell you something? That, can I tell you something annoys me real quick before I jump back to that? Yeah. On Pro Football Reference, they have Jerry Rice in a freaking Raiders uniform in this picture. Wow. Are you serious? How insulting is that? That is insulting. Sorry, right, keep going. <laughs> it was all my screen. I'm sorry, I had to. Um, yeah, I think that, I think your point on Hill is right. You've got, and you've got Travis Kelsey that in the red zone, like, you know, as they get closer, they're probably going to throw to him, but I don't know. You give me Tyreek Hill with targets and, uh, the deep shots. I just, uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm, he's going to get there at some point. Right. That's what it is. He'll get there at some point. It's just a matter of whether you want to play Mahomes Hill and Kelsey or just Mahomes in one of them. As I opened the lineup thing this week and, and looked at it, I kind of just put Hill and, and Mahomes in and kind of built from there. It was, was kind of like a starting point, which I don't often do that. Totally they, agree. They jumped out to me as a starting point. I'll, just, I'll figure out the rest. And, and if you want to go different, that's, I'll battle you everywhere else. It's fine. It was actually kind of funny because I did that and then added Chubb in. And I'm like, this is – the game script should be that, that Cleveland wins this game. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's happening. So, like, but like – But, like, Casey up. 
whatever, 21-10 at halftime, like, they're still going to throw the ball in the second half. Like, I don't think they're – I think they're going into, like, run the ball with whoever the hell is the running back right now unless they're, like, it's really up and it's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Diggs is 7,300 on DraftKings, 8,600 on FanDuel. Another big game last week, six for 129, a touchdown on nine targets. Uh, the stats with Diggs are crazy. Over 90 yards in eight of his last 10, which is a big number. Over 100 yards, four of his last five. Eight-plus targets in every game since week five. Six-plus catches in 14 straight games. That's wild. Record in the NFL is 14. He's now tied with that. He can break the record if he gets to 15. But Baltimore led the NFL in, uh, in the NFL against wide receiver one fantasy points. A.J. Brown was good against them last week. Six for 83 to touchdown. He had that touchdown that he kind of pushed off on. But, you know, still a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Baltimore only allowed 200-yard wide receivers all, all, all year. I mean, this is a fascinating, like kind of like the Rams against Allen, uh, the Raven or against uh, Devontae Adams, the uh, the Ravens against Stephon Diggs is a fascinating matchup to watch. Also, um, I completely agree. Uh, I think given the matchup, you just straight up compare him to Michael Thomas, like price wise, and just like if if Diggs has like possibly one of the worst matchups possible, and Thomas does not, yep. what what do I what am I realistically getting with the extra? or with the paying 600 more for digs than Michael Thomas. And I'm not sure it's enough. Thomas is tough for me. Like I looked at him at first. And I'm like, I don't really want to play this. And I looked at everything that people do against the Tampa past team. And I'm like, oh, I got, I got to consider. Him. I mean, Tyreek destroyed this past defense. Yeah. But it was a week 12. He had the 200 yards in the first quarter, but like Calvin Ridley had a huge game against them. Uh, Robert Woods and Cooper cup had 275 yards combined in week 12. Like, Cam Sims had 144 yards last week. Like Cam Sims dropped, like a dropped a touchdown pass, dropped yeah. nine other. It could seem like Cam Sims was dropping the ball game. I looked up, he was seven for 104. So, um, you know, assuming that they can't really run the ball against Tampa, I think it's a fair assumption to make. Thomas wasn't really good against them in the first two games, but maybe they didn't need him because they were up, you know, in both those games. The weird thing, so you look at Thomas when Breeze plays, he has 17 percent of the team targets. When Taysom Hill played, he had 33% of the targets. Like, Taysom Hill locked in on Thomas. It's really kind of strange. You look at it, Brees spreads – and Deontay Harris had seven catches last week. There was like – every time he dropped back, I'm like, oh, Thomas or Kamara is like Deontay Harris again. But, <laughs> um, the matchup sure looks nice, and Thomas is obviously super talented. It's just not, it's not been there this year. He did score last week for the first time. But, yeah, Thomas Diggs is weird. Like, you wouldn't think – looking at all their stats, they're even close. But, like, look at the matchups. They, they certainly start to get closer. I mean, do you put the Bucks guys in this in their group? Um, you probably—it's tough. I mean, the, Evans is sixty-four hundred, Godwin's sixty-one hundred, so a little bit cheaper. But yeah, you probably got to put them in the in the same discussion because probably as you're looking for one or two slots in here, it's probably the same group of guys. And then, like, but like matchup-wise of the whole group, Thomas's is the best by by a pretty good margin. Right. I mean, the Saints. I mean, the Bucks have three guys, so someone's going to catch passes. But the Saints do play the uh, they play the play the pass well too, and you know, they have Marcus Lattimore, they have uh, Janoris Jenkins, they got good uh, good corners. They got that slot corner that everybody wants to punch in the face. Like it's just crazy. Cam Sims punched him last week. Anthony Miller punched him this week and got thrown yeah, out of the game. Got thrown out. Michael yeah. Thomas punched him in practice. Yeah. This guy must be a horrible person. Like I don't know who this guy is, but three people throw punches at the guy in the last like eight weeks. Like it makes no sense. But was it Gardner Johnson? I think is his name. You think Greg um, Williams was still there? Right, yeah, you think Bounty Gate is fully fully going on, but um, I like Godwin the most of the three. Just I think the I think you, the slot is a little bit better against the Saints, and 
Goddard was weird last week too. He had five for seventy nine touchdown, twelve targets, and dropped four balls. Like I don't when we think Chris Godwin, I don't think like dropping Drops, these passes yeah. that you know, that's Valdo Scantling, he'll talk about a little bit, but five touchdowns the last four weeks. I think if I had to play a Bucks receiver and you know, they're gonna throw the ball. Um I think Godwin's my pick at sixty one hundred. I think he's fine. Like but Evans has been great the last three games too. Like you can you could argue for all of them. Right, you can make the argument for all of them, and I think the argument for Brown is just that he's the cheapest. Like, if they all have bad matchups, why not just take the guy who's the cheapest, who's capable of matching the others? I don't know. I don't want any part of those guys. I just like the uh, I like the locked in targets with Godwin Evans. I think the targets a little more you know variable with with Brown. He had three targets last week, and he had fourteen the week before when yeah. when Evans got hurt. Um, I think if both Evans and Godwin are healthy the whole game, I think they're I think they're a decent size bump up from Brown just in terms of looks they're going to get. Okay, that's fair. Do we agree we're just staying away from the Rams, guys? I am. I just don't. I don't. In the cold, it maybe it's supposed to be like 19 degrees. Yeah. Um, God, I can just I can just see Jared Goff now with like all his gloves and stuff on and not looking comfortable, and it just kind of pains me. I can see him rolling out and not really feeling comfortable about doing it. I just, I don't know. If you think they get behind, I, I'd go Woods if I had to play somebody. Now, the interesting thing is that I think that – you're talking about when you say Rams guys, you're talking about Woods and Cup. I was just talking about Cup. Woods or Cup, but Josh Reynolds. Cup might not play. If Cup doesn't play, you've got to consider the cheaper Rams. I agree. Uh, Reynolds was the one that that kind of stuck out. Like they're the the non top guys. So like uh, Reynolds, Alan Lazard, like those kind of guys are are cheap on this slate. And those are the guys you look at lineups and you figure out who got the right one. And that's who wins. Like getting one of these guys out here that scores and has 65 yards is massive for winning a GPP in this kind of, these kind of slate. Agreed. Um, and pick the right one, which is not easy. Yeah. I actually like Reynolds isn't bad. Even if cup does play for me, just cause I feel okay. like there's gotta be so much attention on cup and woods and Reynolds can just kind of be off on his own. But um, 43 slaps last week and zero targets. That kind of scared me a little bit. If cup plays. If Cup doesn't play, I think Reynolds and I think Van Jefferson's live too. If yeah. Cup doesn't play, but, uh, probably Reynolds because the price is so close. Van Jefferson had eight targets in Week 17 when Cup didn't play, but that was that was with Wolford. Um, if you and Reynolds play had, a lot together in the uh, second unit in practice, and Reynolds had six targets in that game, so they're both uh, pretty pretty well used in that game. I think I think both are very live plays of Cup sits, and I Cup hasn't practiced. Like I think there's a there's a chance he doesn't play. Like it's just. Uh, it's a, it's, I think it's bursitis in his knee. Like it's just a matter of he can, you know, they can shoot him up and get out there. I think they're going to try to do it because you know they're going to need him. But um, if he doesn't play. Those guys are really live. And I think I think your point's right. I think that even if Cup doesn't pl- does play, there's a chance he doesn't play the whole game. I think Reynolds is, is live either way. Reynolds is going to be the perfect thirty two hundred dollars zero for your yeah. lineup, with a chance at, at, at a decent amount more than zero. Like right. you can see a lot of paths where if Cup plays, he catches a deep ball and works. If Cup doesn't play, if Cup gets hurt. Mid game, if he doesn't feel well, if he limps off in the second quarter, which I think we've seen so many times with guys like that kind of injury, then Reynolds becomes far from a zero. Which is you want the like you said, you want the guy who you know might score zero and cheap, but like you can see paths to him not getting zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you uh, you mentioned MVS earlier. Um, he's another one who just needs one play to put up a score that's more than enough that he needs. And you're talking as an elite Hall of Fame quarterback rather than Jared Goff, too. So that it makes a difference. Also true. Also true. Yeah. Um, we got Alan Lazard is pretty cheap. Like the Packers guy, the, the non-Adams Packers guys are pretty cheap. I'd pretty, I'd pretty easily go Valdez Scantling instead of Lazard for me. Just know, knowing he doesn't need much to 
knowing that the, the they're going to take a deep shot to him at some point in this game. And if it connects, you're, you're set at the price. Um, he's the, he's like the ultimate boomer bust guy on, on the slate, but um, probably him and McCole Hardman are both kind of fit that, uh, that profile. But um, I, yeah, I, I'd go Valenskan just because I think the big play is kind of what you want in a, in a GPP for sure. Just to emphasize your boomer bust uh, term for uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Uh, week 13 against Philly, uh, minus four-tenths of a point. <laughs> week 14. There, there's the bust part. We're good. Week 14 against Detroit, 20.5. <laughs> week 15 against Carolina, zero. Nice. One target. Week 17 <laughs> against Chicago, 17.1. That's crazy. Now, and, and the week 17, he had that just like one big play, too. I think it, it was, was like a 72-yard touchdown. Yeah, there you go. Um, based on the pattern, he is, is heading for zero though. Yeah. Uh, he's got one catch for negative nine yards on a wide receiver screen this week for sure. Right. Um, so unless you, unless you think the bye week was the pattern and now he's back up to big. Oh, now he's back. Ooh. Yeah. Cause he had zero points last week. Um, well <laughs> he didn't play week 16. So he already actually had the buy has a buy yeah, and the, the pattern continued. I and mean, it's a four game sample, Scott. That's. More than enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, before we get too far down in the cheap receivers, um, I want to talk about two guys kind of in the mid-range here who I think are both interesting. And uh, 5,600 for Jarvis Landry in a game where the game script is uh, you know great for a wide receiver. They get behind and throw the ball a lot. He has five-plus catches in six straight games, 50-plus yards in six straight games. The Steelers were guarding him with a linebacker last week. It was the weirdest thing. They did it over and over. Yeah. I'm like, when you think about Jarvis Landry, fine, but like that's their wide receiver one right now. Like Odell Beckham's not here. Rashard Higgins is wide receiver two. They like Landry. They throw the ball to Landry a lot. And every time I looked up, there's a like number forty one or something like <laughs> with that wrong number jersey was on. I was gonna say not even a fifty linebacker. What are they doing like it just it made no sense. It happened over and over. And I get he's lining up in the slot, but like use a slot corner. Like it's not working. Like do something. But anyway, um, TD of four in four of six games. The other guy in here is Marquise Brown at fifty two hundred. Um, he hit seven catches for 109 yards last week and nine targets. Like they're using him. We talked about him as a boomer bust guy early in the year. Like he was just getting no targets. It was weird, but six plus targets, six, seven games. You get a guy that's explosive. That's touching the ball that many times, you know, good stuff happens. Buffalo is good against wide receiver ones, but 5,200 feels like a price that, uh, I can, I can get aboard with Marquise Brown this week. I think, yeah. If, if you play Lamar, you play Marquise Brown. And I mean, I think we like the Ravens D, but the Bills are going to score points. The yeah. Bills offense is rolling right now. Um, the Ravens are going to have to do something. This is not going to be a, like, let's hunker down and play defense game. They're going to have to throw the ball, ball to Marquise Brown a little bit to win this week. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. He, he might not catch it, but they're going to have to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I like it. That's a nice price for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd play him over Landry. I would play him over Landry too. I just think, I, I think if you're playing a GBP, the, the upside is the play with Brown, like Landry's going to get, yeah, you know, five for sixty-six and maybe score. And if he scores, you're great. If he doesn't, like it's just kind of a blah game. Um, I think Brown has the upside to really, you know, have over hundred yards and touchdown and it, it kind of make it make a big play here and there. Didn't Landry have a big play literally last week? I think he did. It, it was but yeah, like forty yard touchdown. Um, touchdown. Do you take but any of the tertiary Chiefs guys? Um so Demarcus Robinson's forty three hundred. Your boy. Nicole Hardman's thirty nine hundred. Yeah, my boy. Um, I've hit Demarcus Robinson. Like it seems so long ago. That was week one of this season where he had the two drop touchdowns. Um, 
I think if I do it, it's Hardman just because he had that. He, he really showed a lot of targets with Mahomes the last yeah. two weeks. They played with Mahomes. He had 15 targets in those two. He didn't do anything with them, but he's insanely fast. Like it just takes one end around to really work. Um, he can hit a big play anytime. Like he's he's super boom of Russ also. I mean, if he if he breaks one, like he's like McCole Hardman, he can return a kick to. Um, Demarcus Robbins is just so damn boring. Like I just in in the five games Watkins missed Robbins. If Watkins doesn't play, I think they become a lot more interesting. And yeah. he's he's very questionable with his calf. Um, Robbins had twenty twenty three. Yeah, shocking. Twenty three targets in those five games. Um, so they used him a bunch when Watkins is out. But I just I think I'm gonna go Hardman of the two and. Yeah, if you want a cheap piece of this offense, like uh, you're gonna have to do something down here. Do you like Hardman more than MVS? No. Why not? I like MVS, I like MVS more, just because I think that uh, he's the wide receiver two, and Hardman's very clearly the wide receiver three or four on his team. Like, because Kelsey is just Kelsey's wide receiver two, like yeah. or one, like or one, uh, yeah. one and one a. Like, I just think that MVS has more opportunities to make some plays because he's the second guy there, and I think that they are going to really focus on Devontae Adams. I think that I think McVay is going to make someone else beat them. Okay, that's fair. Adams may still beat them. Like, he's good enough that he can beat them. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, if you want to argue Hardman, you know, a, a really explosive offense, I wouldn't go against it. But I just go – I go MVS at the same price just for that reason. Okay. Anybody else at all down here? Um, I think the guy who's a little bit interesting to me – I mean, we got like the Bills, ga- Bills guys. We got Cole Beasley, John Brown – Gabriel Davis, Beasley's 49, uh, Brown's 4,600, Gabriel Davis is 4,000 flat. Um, I looked at Cole Beasley. I was kind of surprised. I mean, he's one of those guys like 85 yards and over 1,000 yards. You know, I didn't quite think he got there, but I knew from the the fact that there was that one person who voted for him for all for the all pro and one of the top two receivers. So I knew that I looked at his stats then. But he had no practice last week, came in and played at seven catches, 57 yards. He's the floor guy here. Brown's yeah. the upside guy, and I just don't uh, – I kind of have a John Brown feeling again because I like him as a player. He had four targets last week, no catches. I get it was terrible, but um, you know he's the big play guy here, and, and Beasley's the floor guy. Yeah, I, it takes a really special slate for me to want to play Cole Beasley. I, I think that's fair too, and like Marquise Brown's three hundred dollars more, and I would certainly play Brown on the right. Beasley. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm looking at it that way as well. Would you play Beasley or John Brown on his own team if you had to play? If you want to play one of them, get a second piece of this Bills offense. I'm stupid enough to play John Brown again. I am. I am too. <laughs> At least we have that in common. Uh, <laughs> Rashard Higgins is 4100. He's uh, you know seven targets last week, turned them into two catches for 28 yards. Uh, but he had five, 50 plus yards the prior four games. He's 4100. I would play MVS over him, despite the fact that Higgins has a really good game script. Yeah, I'd I'd probably play Hardman too over him. Yeah, okay. I think I probably would too. We talked about the Rams guys. Um, I'm not going Deontay Harris. I know he's cheap at 3,500. He had seven catches last week. Um, he had seven for 83 last week. It was really good. He ran 14 pass routes the whole game. Wow. 20. He only played 24 snaps. Um, I am not. I'm not jumping back into that pool this week. That's like a wide receiver version of Damian Harris getting 20 carries on 21 snaps. Wow. I didn't know if we had a Damian Harris drop in this podcast. <laughs> You just can't quit the Patriots. I can't. You, I can't. you love them so much. I, mean, I love how little we have to talk about them now. It's beautiful. Uh, tight ends. We've got, uh, you know, the the wide receiver one that we talked about, Travis Kelsey. 7,800 on DraftKings, 8,500 on FanDuel. Um, we talked about the stats are insane. Seven plus catches in eight straight weeks. The first time a tight end's ever done that in the history of the NFL. Um, the Browns are bottom 10 in like almost every tight end stat. Uh, just depends how you build your lineup. Kelsey's a great play every week, but it depends if you can fit him in. It, just strictly price wise. Um, 
Yeah, I think there are just going to be enough people who go Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey just to get it all. Um, I think there'll be more people who do Mahomes, Hill than Mahomes, Kelsey. Uh, I think that's right. It seems silly to do Hill and Kelsey without Mahomes, but I guess, I guess you can do it. Yeah, that's tough because if they both go really well, then Mahomes obviously had a monster game. But I mean, you could go someone like Lamar with that and hope that yeah. Lamar has a huge ceiling game and do it. But like you're really trying to just be dead perfect on that. Right, right. And you're hoping um, that like nobody else in Kansas City touches, catches a pass the whole game. Right, right. Or he doesn't run one in. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't run one in. There's a lot of ways that Mahomes can get you. And you know that if you do that, the second you turn on the game, that Demarcus Robinson catches a 56-yard touchdown. <laughs> uh, or at least it bounces so, off his hands and then into Hardman's hands. and he Into gets Hardman's hands. There you go. I like it. Um, so outside of Kelsey, if you go somewhere else, you know, you need the cap, you're going to go expensive receivers or Kamara, whatever it may be. Uh, what do you do at tight end uh, once you get away from Kelsey? Um, so the Jets allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this year. Yep. Part of that was a league high 14 touchdowns. You may have mentioned that once or twice yeah. in the season. Um, however, the Bills allowed the most tight end receptions and most tight end receiving yards. Do you know the line the Colts tight ends the group had against the Bills last week? Uh, it was monster, wasn't it? Yeah. 14 catches, yeah, 136 yards and a touchdown. Sure. That's insane that Colts tight ends had 14 catches. That's crazy. Like, what a stupid game. I, I know Jack Doyle did well, but I looked yeah. up like the tight ends had 14 catches. Trey Burton and Mo Alley Cox or whoever it is. Is it Mo Alley Cox? Yeah. I think so. Yep. You're right. The the Mark Andrews, like the matchup is really there to, to get, if you're going to get the bills, like this seems to be a place you can get them. Right. So like, I don't think you even compare Kelsey to anyone else. Like, just there's no like the, the salary is too much where you're just there's not like, well, if I like Andrews, I'll just find the twenty eight hundred to get to Kelsey. Like, yeah, you're you're building around Kelsey. So yeah. the conversation is really, do you want to pay up for Andrews? Uh, does Andrews catch enough balls to cancel out the obvious three yard Robert Tanyan touchdown? Um, I mean, Every Andrews week. obviously can get the touchdown, too. Right. But like, I think anyone after that is a coin flip. Like there's I I don't think you can make a really strong case that Dawson Knox is any better or worse than Gronk, Hooper, or Cook. Like, yeah. I just don't think there's anything. Like, I think if you're, if you think you should pay four thousand for Cook, I think you should play Robert Tanyan. But I think I'd Andrews. Make, is I'd make I'd make a little bit more of a case with for Cook, but I agree on the other guys you named. What's the case for Cook? Um, led the Saints in end zone targets this year. Drew Brees likes him more than Taysom Hill did. He had seven targets last week. Um, I just think I think a little bit more for for there. I think he's a little more active, but yeah, I think I mean they're all him and Tunyon are in the same bucket. For right, sure. right. And Austin Hooper's probably in that bucket too. Like he had he scored three of his last four great game script. I think that them over Gronk for sure. Um, but if you want to save money, I guess you get Dawson Knox, but he just does so little besides score touchdowns now and then. But if you want to tie someone to Josh Allen, like it, it makes sense. He has scored in the four of the last seven. Um, you're right, though. I think you're right. They're all the same. They're all in the same. <laughs> I probably vote for Cook a little bit more, but it's you're just it's really thin margins. Yeah, I, I think Andrews is going to be not as popular only because the guys below him are like it's a decent enough salary savings. Uh, that being said, um, based on the fact that you can you can get Kelsey, you obviously have to do a few things, but like you can get Kelsey with Mahomes and Hill. But if you 
if you want to upgrade, the easiest upgrade is just Kelsey to Andrews mm-hmm. uh, because 2,800 is, a, is significant that you can use elsewhere. So like, even though Andrews is, I mean, he's not expensive. 5,000 for a tight end is, you know, it's a decent price. I think Andrews could be plenty popular though. Yeah, I think so too. Because you're right. Anybody that's going to be like, I can't afford Kelsey, they're going to drop right to Mark Andrews. Like, I wouldn't rule out that he's more popular than Kelsey, just because you can play Hill. Yep. Mahomes, Hill. I think Kelsey be more popular because just because I think if people could get down to Andrews and be like, oh, I'm going to save the thousand bucks and go to Cook or or Tunyon or Hooper, I think that people can make that shift a little bit easier. Um, Whereas I think a lot of people will build around Mahomes, Kelsey at least. But uh, yeah, I think that. I think that's a good point. I think that uh, I, I really like Andrews this week. I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna try and fit him in on some lineups. Would you play Andrews over Cooper Cup, Marquise Brown, Cole Beasley, John Brown, those guys? Yes, to everybody except maybe uh, Marquise Brown. I think I like a little bit more. Like it could be a two tight end slate. Yeah, you could go there because those mid range, those mid range wide receivers are not quite as fun as we usually like them on a, on no. a full down. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. If you want to go Cook, you want to go Hooper, I think that uh, that that can make sense also. Um, I'm not going Gronk. I, I'll go with that. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. He just doesn't – he had 55 snaps last week. He had zero targets. Wow. He's had one game that, like, was good at all target-wise since Antonio Brown was back. Yeah. So – um, what do you do at uh, at defense this week? It's kind of a – we got a lot of good defenses, but they're going against good offenses, so it's kind of tough there. Um, I kind of looked at Chiefs and Saints more than anybody else. So I think Packers make sense too, going against Jared Goff. But is there a defense that sticks out to you at all this week? <laughs> it's funny. You you start at the top. I start at the bottom and work yep. my way up. Uh, I I don't, didn't want to play the, the Browns, and after that I was fine with anybody. So like I actually am fine with the Rams at 2,600. If you wanted to pay down, I think and the we, Ravens we, at twenty eight. Like, we talked about the Rams last week. Like their defense is so good that you yeah. can play them against a good team. And Russell Wilson throws the pick six, and they they sacked him a few times. So they, uh, I could see that too. I just, I don't know. Saints. The, the Saints are interesting just because of how well they played against this Bucks offense all year. And if you want to buy into that, I mean they they had nine sacks last three regular season games. They didn't do much against Chicago last week, but they had six sacks in the two games against Brady before. Um, I could see them at thirty one hundred, but. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a weird week for defense. There's so many good ones, but they're facing so many good offenses. You can kind of get yourself away from all of them. Yeah, the problem with the Packers I'm looking at is that, like, if if Akers gets 32 touches, like, there's just not a lot of, opportun- a lot of opportunities for Goff to, pa- to turn it over. You want that to be 21-3 at halftime, and Goff has to drop back exactly. and throw, throw with a bad thumb over and over and over, and right. then you get some the passes. But um, I would probably go I'd probably go Chiefs before I went Packers. Yeah, I agree with that. Just a nice game script. I mean, Baker hasn't been throwing picks, but you can see that if they start to get behind, it starts to force some stuff. And they have seven sacks the last two weeks. So that could work. Um, yeah, I'd go Chiefs over Packers. Yep, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think I'd go Chiefs, Saints, and Rams are probably the three I'm going to really be picking from when it comes down to it. Yep. And frankly, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Unless the defense scores, and then suddenly it does. Right, but like there's nothing, there's nothing you can do today. That uh, that Rams pick six was an incredible play by that yeah. by that DB. Like he read Wilson, then not only read him, was athletic enough to get there, yeah. get through the guy, and then make the catch and run. like it's just a, it's a great it's play. A perfect place to play in DB. It's a great play. Yeah. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about on this uh, this divisional slate? No, we're good. Do you think there are any upsets in the four games? Um, you think the Bucks win, right? I do. Yeah. So that's your upset. That's you my think upset. The, yeah. 
Take the Bills over the Ravens, though? Good game. It's a good game. It is. Yeah, I'll take Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, I think that I weirdly think that the 7,000 fans help them a little bit too. I think that uh, those 7,000 fans will be so drunk and so loud that it might feel like 20,000. I think that I think it does help a little bit, but uh, I think that they do enough against kind of make Lamar uncomfortable to 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 to, to win the game. I think Allen can do enough, but that's a that's a that's the one game that, like it's them them and the Bucks and Saints like you can see those are both pretty much toss up games. Rams plus six and a half looks kind of fun to me though. God, I wish you just trust their offense not to suck. Uh, just the defense. You just need the defense. Yeah, it is. The defense is Six great. and a half. It is. It's a lot of points. A lot of points in a, in a weather game, too. I just uh, I just have bad visions of Jared Goff in the second half of That's that fair. game. Yeah. So, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We always appreciate that. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at RotowireAndrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. I'll be back at you next week with the championship games, two-game slate, but we will still be back at you uh, at you next week. Hope everybody has a, uh, it's a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.